if I'm feeling aggro and upset and emotionalized and angry at people and stuff, I re- recognize, oh, I'm running on empty and what I'm experiencing as stress is be- is not stress. It is my inability to manage what's coming at me at this moment. So either I need to slow down, I need to pull back, I need to set the context. And for me, that starts first get connected with my physicality, get involved yeah. with gratitude, connect with source energy, whatever that is for you. Exercise the body. It requires physical movement. Fill it up with the elements that make it whole and energize it and take it out into the world and allow it to do its wondrous capabilities. Welcome to Living 4D with Paul Check. Today's guest is the co-founder and director of education at Bioptimizers, Wade Lightheart. Wade is the host of the Awesome Health podcast and advisor to the American Anti-Cancer Institute. He is a three-time Canadian all-natural bodybuilding champion and former Mr. Universe competitor. And he was a vegetarian while training and competing. Keep listening to the end of the podcast for a special offer from Wade and our podcast sponsor, Bioptimizers. Hello and good day, Living 4D with Paul Check listeners. I'm super excited to let you know that today we get to have another visit and a beautiful chat with Wade Lightheart. I'm sure some of you enjoyed my first podcast with him. He's the co-founder of Bioptimizers, and we talked all about enzymes, nutrition, and related topics. It was a great podcast, and I love this guy. He's the real deal. He's highly evolved spiritually a beautiful soul, a great athlete, and someone who exudes health. So Wade came up to spend the day with me, and we got into spiritual development, shifting our perspectives to see things differently, cultivating awareness, some of Wade's spiritual development experiences, and we looked at issues of the world from our own perspectives together. I hope you all gained some awareness from our conversation and that we shift your perspective to one that is more freeing wherever you need it or that you just enjoy our fireside chat together. Enjoy Wade Lightheart. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Living 4D with Paul Check. It's nice to be with all of you again. And I've got my buddy Wade Lightheart here visiting me today. If you don't remember who Wade Lightheart is, he's the co-founder of Bioptimizers, one of my most favorite companies for healing supplementation and we did our last podcast together, which was awesome. And we talked about your life and all the different technologies of enzymes and lots of cool shit. But uh, welcome back, Wade. Welcome to the rainbow. It's a true pleasure to be here. Thank, Thank you, you for having me. My pleasure. Sitting here in this library, it's uh, truly inspiring. Thank you. Yeah, you know, a lot of my life in these bookshelves. There's a, you're sitting right next to Rudolf Steiner. Do you know that? Talk about great company. Yeah, that's all Steiner books there. I think there's 170 of them. It's an incredible level of production. Yeah, you know what it is? Uh, he only wrote, I think, four or five books uh, himself. But almost every book um, that's a Steiner book is a transcription of uh, shorthand notes taken from his lectures to his students all over the world. Yogananda and Dr. Hawkins both did that as well. Yeah, Just stayed in the flow and just let it roll and let everybody else sort out the lexicon and the languaging and all the syntax. Yeah. Osho did the same right around the corner is my Osho library. And I've got 
entire bookshelf full of Osho's books. I bought I bought everything that Osho ever produced on books, audios, video, DVD, DVD-R, cassette tapes. I've got like 450-plus hours of all of his lectures to his students that were available on audio cassette, and I've spent shit for maybe four, somewhere between four and five years listening to Osho in the gym and taking notes every time I worked out. took me, I got almost 800 pages of handwritten notes on all my studies of Osho. And he did the same thing. He only wrote, um, he wrote the Book of Secrets, and I think he wrote um, one other one. He, I don't know if he wrote the Autobiography of a Spiritually Incorrect Mystic, but it's a fantastic book. It's a great book. The um, documentary, Wild Wild Country, was pretty extraordinary. I mean, it's very hard not to stop binge watching that one. So start earlier in the day if you get on that one. It just gets more amazing and more amazing. Yeah, and more wild. It really It really is wild, wild country. It is wild, wild country, man. Osho sure knew how to ride the edges of everything, didn't he? No doubt about it. He's a very interesting guy. So, uh, Wade, what do you think? What's going on in the world right now? I believe it is best described in the pages of the Kurukshetra. What's that? In the Bhagavad Gita, the oh. big battle. Oh, that good. Ensued. Yes, there you go. And I think all of us, if we can turn to this ancient wisdom, we can actually see that what one sees in the external world is merely a projection of what's inside oneself. So if we're feeling fear, then the way to remove it is not through an externalization, is but remove it within yourself automatically will free yourself from the the greatest hoax that might be projected onto mankind. Let's be frank about it. The illusion, yeah. Yeah, and that's Maya. And that's part of the game here in three-dimensional reality. You know, that's a good point. Um, you know, Maya means illusion um, in its original sense, the grand illusion, because it means all that is, is the illusion. And, um, you know, a lot of people have a hard time with that for various reasons, but... Uh, Things like, well, why would God create an illusion? Why not? Why the illusion? And I say, well, first you have to ask yourself, what is God? And of course, people have all sorts of ideas. And I say, well, if God was love, what kind of love would God give? And almost everybody gets it, unconditional love. I say, well, there you go. Unconditional love means that the state of God is no conditions. There's no it. There's no there. There's not even a we. There is just isness, pure, unadulterated awareness, if you will. So the only way God can come to know itself, because there's nothing else to know, there's nothing behind God, is to create an illusion. And the first illusion is the illusion of two. And it is that illusion of two that creates subject, the looker, and object, that which is being perceived. And from there, we have the three, because there's the source of the illusion, which creates the non-illusion, and the source of the illusion has to stay neutral. 
But in order for the illusion to exist, there has to be a relative masculine polarity, a projection of something, and there has to be a feminine, a receptive, or there's nothing to hold the illusion. And so you see that the illusion is created by the masculine or expressive projection and the receptive or yin multiplying concept. So multiplication and um, growth, right? A child starts off as a single egg hit, uh, injected with a sperm and multiplies itself ad infinitum and goes up from there. But it, the sperm is the yang and the egg is the yin. And from that you get division. So as Lao Tzu said, from the one comes the two, from the two comes the three, and from the three comes the 10,000 things. So if you draw it as a graph at the top, you have pure potential source or unconditional love, which has two polarities in it. It's absolutely no thing, which means it's empty of everything, which means there's room for everything. That's yin. If your mother's womb was already full, you wouldn't have been able to grow in there. And we know that unconditional love is also everything because here it all is. So unconditional love carries within it the potential of emptiness and the potential of fullness. So when you say, okay, all illusions are a combination of emptiness and yang fullness. So nested within the, the, the zero or the one, zero equals one metaphysically, is the two, that which is empty of and that which is full of. And when those two look at each other, this one wants to give something to the emptiness and this one wants to be filled by the emptiness. This one, Yang, is always doing, 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 going, going, spirit. And this one's always willing to rest and be present with what is, soul. So when you have the witness, the emptiness, the subject, the something to look at, the object, then they automatically start creating and they create copies of themselves. And then they look at each other and they have different vantage points. And so the one, which is zero, because there's only one, God, carries within it the negative, the empty, the positive, the full. There's two polarities. Start from zero, empty, negative, full, positive. You have three. And so with those three, you create consciousness. And now the witness is witnessing something. And there's your fourth. So empty, neutral, positive, negative. There's your three. Those three look at things, which creates an experience, which creates conscious. And then you say, well, what do we want to do next? And you make a choice. So you have the three, the triad, the holy triad, which is the power source. It's the projecting. It's what projects the illusion. The two makes mind, subject and object. And the three means you're aware that you're doing it because you're watching it. And when you're making choices, you produce the fourth. And interestingly, in the book, the Geometry of Meaning by Arthur M. Young. You know who he is? No, I'm not familiar. Arthur with M. Young was the inventor of the Bell helicopter. Oh, I think we brought that up before. I might have, yeah. yeah. I think so, yeah. Now that you... he, he devoted his life and his money to uh, creating an institute for consciousness research. 
So he applied that very powerful brain of his to the study of consciousness, and his books are phenomenal. The reflexive universe is just amazing, and uh, he's got probably four books, I think. And in the geometry of meaning, he says that whenever we produce a choice, it produces photons. So photons are actually what becomes matter, and it is through our looking and our choosing that we take light and produce something for it to embody. So what are we embodying all the time? Our ideas and our beliefs. So how do you know it's an illusion? Well, that's like asking, how do you know what reality is? The light shineth upon the darkness, and the darkness comprehended not. <laughs> Which takes us to? <laughs> takes us to where we are today. And I think there is a slippery slope that a lot of people have slid down. And that is, first, it starts with primarily only being the observer of life, which is proliferated through, I think, artificial uh, means in the digital world. The unintended consequences of the radical technological innovation where information is decoupled from knowledge or wisdom or consciousness itself. And the message that's being projected is you're a victim and somebody else is to blame. And your duty is to hold that individual group party, whatever it happens to be, accountable. And therefore, you can then step away from the responsibility of your actions or non-action because it's their fault correct and i think even for those who have spent a great deal of time going within traversing the aspects of consciousness the inner journey of quote unquote the mystic deep thinkers the great individuals who've come before us and they all essentially get to the same message and victimhood is not one of them and I think for all of us who are practicing, as I indicated earlier, I think it's really important that when you get caught in the loop of maya and delusion, to be able to pull back and center within the oneness. So how does one do that? I think you and I, are, we have our opinions that are formed from our own research and our own evidence. Our own life experience. Correct. And so therefore, I can't possibly imagine those who have not followed and practiced those principles that you've been advocating for the last four decades. Pretty much. It's silly for me to project that someone who hasn't participated in that particular soul journey, that they would come to any other conclusion than that which was false. Right, because they're too embedded in the illusion. Absolutely. And, and, and defining that as objective reality while condemning that or those individuals who've come to the realization that it is an illusion as, you know, charlatans or, or, you know, dropouts of society or rabble rousers or whatever. And I think 
the other benefit of technology is to we can share these type of conversations online with our brothers and sisters around the planet who are likely subjected to the circumstances that we are and are asking questions and are wondering why our freedom is being contained and it's not it's our collective choice to accept that reality absolutely yeah yeah it's you know um we're all participating in creating our own reality you know you can wear a mask because you are told to or you can not wear a mask because you know it's not good for you and the people that are telling you to do it are telling you to do something that goes against natural law or morality by definition a moral is that which is it's a code of conduct that so it, that is in, uh, designed to sustain life, to support life. An ethic may or may not be moral. You know, every soldier has a manual about how to kill people, mm-hmm. but that manual doesn't make any distinction as to whether the reason they're being killed is is justified, right? So, we um, when we participate in an illusion that goes against the principles of morality or sustaining life, yet it's being told that it's for our own benefit, then at that point, one has to decide, well, when is the law the law? And when is me following the law actually lawful in accordance with what is required to be alive in a biological system? that needs to follow the laws that govern biological systems without which there would be no life as we know it. Mm -hmm. Therefore, reality is actually in the laws that underlie, that create the stage upon which the illusion, the dance, and the play are acted out, right? Mm -hmm. But if you damage the foundation of a house, there's no sense buying nice chandeliers because it could come down. There's no sense fixing the windows. They'll just be crooked again. The doors will all get crooked. So right now we're in this very interesting thing where the illusion being projected is that vaccinations and masks and social distancing is all good for this monstrous illusion of a virus uh, that may actually be there, but the illusions of how dangerous it is are really, really uh, the illusion. There's viruses all the time. Give them whatever name you want, you know. Um, so when people are put in a position where, for example, buying the the drugs and the and the herbs and the medicines that are known to knock this coronavirus right out, which are made inaccessible and illegal by the people that are supposed to be protecting us, then you have to say, okay, wait a minute. I think I'm recognizing an illusion that isn't sustainable. And if I participate in it, then I am actually adding to the illusion. Mm -hmm. Therefore, I have to take ownership for the fact that I too am contributing to what I'm complaining about. Hello, everybody. If you're interested in making a real difference in the world by healing yourself and others, 
you might want to hear more about our Czech Academy program. What is the Czech Academy? Well, it's the result of over 30 years of hard work and research designed to help you become a holistic health and performance professional through my distinctive integrative approach. The Academy covers everything you need to know, including diet, functional anatomy, exercise, stress reduction, coaching, personal success, and spiritual attunement, and it's the most effective way to learn the comprehensive and corrective techniques I've cultivated throughout my career. That's because the Academy goes beyond offering my courses and advanced training programs. It offers you group mentoring, online workshops offered nowhere else on coaching and business skills, like the best way to set up your rates, peer support and accountability, and so much more. And it really works. There are Czech-trained professionals all around the world with varying backgrounds, from bartenders to surgeons to truck drivers. The Czech Academy is designed to transform anybody, regardless of their background, into a successful holistic health practitioner. In fact, over 40% of our students have no prior health and fitness training. The only things you need are an open mind and a desire to learn. It's affordable, too. Instead of paying tens or even hundreds of thousands of dollars on expensive conventional education on nutrition, kinesiology, the science of effective coaching, and related sciences, you can attend the Czech Academy for as low as $372 a month, and that includes everything you need. If you use what you learn in the Academy, you can easily make that much money in a single day, and it's not unusual for our top Czech professionals to make as much as $350 an hour. Being good at what you do and loving it is the best means of ensuring an excellent income regardless of the state of the economy. If mastering holistic health, enhancing athletes' performance, and being a healing influence in the world interests you, visit checkinstitute.com forward slash academy. That's C-H-E-K institute.com forward slash academy, all lowercase, and get your application in. You can also set up a free consultation with one of our career advisors to learn more. Applications are open until the end of October or until we reach full capacity, so enrollments will happen on a limited first-come, first-served basis. I hope to see you in the Academy this year. Lots of love. Going back to the Bhagavad Gita, when I made that reference of the Battle of Kurukshetra, it starts mm -hmm. with... Arjuna sitting with his guru Krishna and saying, I don't want to go into battle. These are my brothers and my sisters. Yes, I don't want to kill my family members. And I think all of us are in this dilemma because here we are, it's quite clear there are, for lack of a better word, satanic forces, the, the reversal of truth from falsehood. That is the actual classical definition of that it's the substitution mm -hmm. well you have to stand up to it and that's not mean go out and kill people or anything like that but it's you have to be able to let go of the potential consequences of what that means and you know we see what's happening with cancel culture and manipulation of algorithms to hold back the dissemination of a variety of opinions, which is the foundation of free speech, which is the foundation of freedom, which is the foundation of the aspirational principles, for example, that this country was founded on. And so each person has to operate within that construct to the best of their ability, the best of their awareness. And for us who are maybe challenging the narrative, 
it's to do so while maintaining love in our hearts for those who do not know what they do. Yes, it's not it's not um, foolish or childish or um, <clears throat> poorly thought out rebellion. It's it's uh, you know, it's like in tarot the archetype of the fool. There's two expressions of that: the immature fool, who's like someone that gets drunk and drives way faster than they should be driving, even if they were not drunk. In other words, they're um, pushing their vehicle past their skill set significantly, which puts their life and anyone else's risk at life in the car or who potentially could get hit by it. And that's someone who's considered a young soul, a soul, a point of consciousness that has emerged from the creation to fulfill its part in the drama, the grand play, the Maya. And then there's the wise fool, and the wise fool is the person who's lived the entire cycle of the 21 archetypes of the tarot, which are all experiences that we have to gain understanding in, because if we don't gain that understanding, we cannot see through the illusion. Therefore, we actually never see the truth of what God is. We only see the illusion and think that it's God. Thus, as I tell my students, if you can describe your God to me and you can tell me what your God wants of you and what God's rules are, you are describing an illusion mm-hmm. because unconditional love has no wants. It has no needs. It has no rules. It has no regulations. It has no restrictions. It is unbound, unadulterated, total freedom, creativity, good, beauty, and truth. and the only way you can enter into that level of yourself is to become that. And the point is, is that when you understand that unconditional love has no limitations that can be perceived or experienced, then you realize that you cannot describe that God. And if you did describe the God, It would mean you weren't seeing the God because to describe something, you have to be witnessing it and you cannot get outside of God. Mm -hmm. Right? So you, when you paradoxically to get to God, you have to completely allow your ego to die. So there is now no longer two in the relationship. You have to become one with God. And when you're one with God, there's no subject and no object. So there's nobody to describe. There's no th- nothing to talk about. So the paradox of it is, is all the religious ideas about what God is and what God wants and all the limitations and all the rules, which are really the progenitors of illusions. So you see religion used to be the source of the military, the source of the government, the controllers of medicine, the controllers of food, farming, everything. So they controlled the illusion. And only the priests were allowed access to secrets of the universe and to psychedelic drugs so they could figure out who they were. And everybody else was you know, entangled in the illusion. And so here we are today, the same games being played, but when you play this game with advanced technology, you are putting people at an unfair advantage because you're using 
technologies to manipulate their thoughts, their feelings, and their emotions that they have no idea is happening to them and no defense against. But at the same time, if people just pay attention and said, wait a minute, you know, what's happened to me since I stopped making music in the evening, painting, drawing, singing, dancing, going for walks, doing the kinds of things my parents probably did before there was a lot of televisions around, and watching TV every night and finding myself binge eating on junk, and all of a sudden I'm seeing the same news reports all over and over telling us how many people are dying and how we're all going to make each other sick. And, and so the point I'm making is, you see, if we just pay attention to what happens when we live more in, more in honest tune with nature, the cycles of nature in our body, and we don't participate so fully in the illusion generators, be they phones, televisions, computers, whatever, we can actually say, geez, you know, since I've been spending so much time playing video games and watching television, I've gained a lot of weight. I don't feel as good. And maybe I really need to cut back on it. But then people say that to themselves, what, 98 or 99% of all New Year's resolutions are never, never followed through on. So people keep telling themselves, oh, I'm going to cut back, I'm going to cut back. And then, you know, another year goes by and they just get deeper and deeper into the illusion. But, you know, you, the longer you spend in an illusion, the harder it is for you to remember what the truth is. And Plato, the story of Plato's cave and seeing the reflections on the wall of the cave is a perfect example of that, right? Yeah. Throughout time, there have been those who have run into essentially the same question and the same public challenges in its various forms. And what's interesting is now, I think, is with a population of in excess of 7 billion on the planet. Yeah, what's it at now? It's getting close to eight, I believe. Is it really? It might, might even be eight by now. I'm not sure. I haven't checked it's it I'm recently. surprised that most people can even reproduce out there the way they live and eat. The electronic dissemination has become so sophisticated. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. You mean artificial insemination? Yeah. Well, even just the, just the technological distribution of information and everything has been removed from its organic nature and, there's upsides and downsides to that. One, it's easy to control a wide number of people with a narrative because machines are really good at doing things over and over and over again that's been programmed into it. Conversely, the shift to, let's say, a higher state of awareness or a more unified version of observation, because I think you continually are replacing one illusion for another illusion, for another illusion, for another illusion. And hopefully you're going closer <laughs> closer to the, the truth with each one. Yes, as you remove them, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes the making the great leap is too much. So you need to, you, and for me, that started getting connected to my body. And the first discipline is, was to reconnect and start to observe what's going on in here. Because if I can absorb and observe what's happening within myself and develop awareness within, I intrinsically develop an awareness of what is without. And the game, though, is to recognize that, like Plato's mirror, they are a reflection of what's inside. So am I seeing fear? Am I seeing tyranny? Am I seeing love? Am I seeing connection or disconnection or disease? 
all of these things are labels for some form of an, another illusion. I think, I think it was Ramana that said, the world that you think you see doesn't exist. <laughs> right. Yeah, Yogananda said the same thing. Yeah. Most mystics do. Yeah. So, so that's a great thing, and it's a challenging thing all in the same time. And I do believe that for most people, the quickest pathway out of that is, as you said, reconnect with your physical self and its relation to nature. And we're here at your home. It, you're immersed in, in nature. and That's putting, the illusion I've chosen. <laughs> yes. But there is an interesting component when you put your feet on sand or put your body in water. Or I brought a new tree into my new biohome in Venice. So I brought the tree in. And of course, it's traumatic when you bring the tree so last night I went over and I just put my hands on the tree and connected and felt the life force within the tree and felt the energy and literally connecting with the tree. And this isn't a movie that you just see like Avatar. The popularity of that movie, I believe because it taps on some core essence that we all intrinsically know and may have forgot. and. You can do Avatar in your own backyard or in your local park or in your local thing and get connected into the, your incredible physiology and the wonders within will quickly advise you that you have extraordinary powers within you to accelerate and to deal with whatever's thrown at you if you'll but tap into them. So rather than trust the external sources, and I, and, I, and I say that, don't trust what I'm saying, don't trust what Paul's saying, but don't discount it either. I tell people, experiment. Students, I say, test it. Test You'll it. You'll never know if I'm telling you the truth until you test it. If you deny it, then you haven't even tested it, then you're a fool. As, as my business partner, Matt, says, testing ends all arguments. Yes. So just I go out there and test Sorry, I forgot to, to finish. Did, did you finish your thought there? Yeah, please. Um, the, the wise fool has lived through all the archetypes. So they're outside of the illusion. Those are shaman. Those are mystics. Those are visionaries. Those are people like Alex Gray who actually paint our mythic transition into existence or the great poets um, and, the, and the musicians who... Um, have a deep enough spiritual connection to the collective unconscious to sense where we're going and where we've come from and enough spirit moving through them to put the lyrics down that move us musically into an awareness that we often are completely aware of at a subconscious level, but the music and the story brings us into conscious awareness, right? So the wise fool is is the person who um, has lived through those archetypes long enough to have lived through each of them and gained the wisdom and now sits outside of them. So if you think the 21 archetypes of the tarot, one, the magician, mind, two, high priestess, soul, so masculine, feminine, three, the empress, the mother, four, the emperor, the father. Mothers and fathers have to have minds and souls to create. Five, the hierophant, the spiritual teacher. Six, the lovers, 
relationship. Seven, the journey, the chariot, you're on a journey. Time, movement. Eight, strength, using the feminine to tame the masculine, letting the soul guide the ego. Nine, the hermit, going off into isolation to master what it is you know you're here to do or you won't ever feel true to yourself. And then taking the knowledge gained from your authentic experience down the hill to share with the rest of the world to help them have an easier time of figuring out what can take us a long time to figure out. 11, justice, keeping things in balance and being honest. 12, the hanged man, you're either hung up because you're not paying attention and you're a shitty manager of yourself or you're hung up because you're having a great day and you deserve a rest and you just want to hang out. 13, death, the transition. 14, temperance, learning to see yourself and others and not judge them, but to realize that's a part of you you're looking at and not letting yourself react when you should be responding, as Zig Ziglar would say. Um, you know, to be a good mother takes temperance. To be a good teacher takes temperance. You could say it's um, the ability to maintain equanimity and not get too far off the middle. 15 is the devil, which actually is a symbol for freedom in the ancient tarot of Egypt that was called the raw card, not the devil card. The Christians got their hands on tarot and changed it to the devil and did all sorts of other very interesting and dark things to tarot, including telling people it was devil's play, even though they were quite involved in it. Um, so the, 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 the typical use of 15, the devil means that we're making choices consciously or unconsciously that are limiting our freedom and binding us to a limited reality, a more narrow perspective and minimizing our sphere of connection to that, which is progressively greater. So we actually, through evil, we get so self-centered, we lose touch with the importance of love and relationships, and we uh, deify whatever it is that we're trying to gain more of, which might be power, might be money, might be sex, might be attention, fame, whatever. Followers on Instagram. Followers on Instagram, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but the the 15 used to be the raw card, and it was a symbol of freedom, the light of the sun, the joy of life, the creative force behind all that grows here on earth. Um, 16 is the tower, which is the ego. And the tower has two meanings. One, if your ego's in balance and you're using it effectively to engage life, then you will be open to flashes of insight, powerful, intuitive insights that help you grow more rapidly. The ineffective use of the ego, it shows the tower with the top of the tower being blown off and the royalty and the maids and stuff flying out the windows. And that symbolizes if the ego um, is too dominant in relationships. In other words, if there's too much I relative to we or all, then the ego begins to destroy itself, which ultimately produces the pain of awakening, pain within yourself, pain in your relationships. 17 is the star, which means to really step into your full potential. 18 is the moon, which means now that you've become a star, you have a lot of power. The world is going to reflect you back at you. And if you don't go into reflection fairly regularly about what you're creating, you may end up creating a crisis for yourself with your stardom, as we see so often happening. So 
18 is, is, is really special because it shows a crab or a lobster coming out of the water, what, you know, which is an uh, a animal with an exoskeleton. And it shows this long path going up through these two pillars, which you could say mean the male and the female. And the road leads way off into the distance in the mountains. And that's the journey of enlightenment. And then there's two dogs facing each other on the trail just ahead of the lobster. And they're going at each other. And, you know, those are the dogs of good and evil or uh, right and wrong. That's the relativity of mind. And the exoskeleton is all the uh, unresolved pain and judgment that you have that is stopping you from seeing reality because you that skeleton is made of limitation it's made of illusions so 18 is is the card where you you really have to be honest about doing your shadow work and doing your inner work and finding space in yourself to love the people that have hurt you and uh trust that there's more going on than your perception can imagine so we have to you know reach deeper into ourselves and trust something you know most people refer to it as god or whatever your your highest principle is 19 is the sun which which is mean now that you're clear about who and what you are that it's the second coming of christ it's the birth of the um wise child where you have now made it all the way through all these archetypes you've experienced all the challenges of each of them but now you're having your day in the sun metaphorically and you get a chance to really have the freedom of a child and the wisdom of an adult, which is a very special experience, right? And, and I'm grateful that I'm at that stage in my life. And then uh, 19 leads to 20, which is judgment. So it shows a bunch of people uh, on, it's a sort of a Christianized version of tarot, but it shows a bunch of people coming out of their coffins, rising from the dead on judgment day shows an angel with a flag that has a red cross, not the standard Christian cross, but an equidistant cross like north, south, east, west. And that card represents freedom from all judgment. It means now that you have figured out the truth of yourself, there is no function for or purpose for judging. Because to judge means to create the illusion of separation from yourself, to cut yourself off from that which you think is bad or wrong or evil. And when you free yourself from the judgment, then you come to 21, which means the world. It says you have the world. The world is your oyster. Now you can see the truth of the world. You can see the beauty in the world. You can see through the illusion. You can see the illusions are generated for the people that need them to bring them to the place of having to make intelligent choices for their own survivability and for their own capability to connect and, and to live life so it's meaningful. And if you don't, then you either just get yourself into more pain or you die. And enough pain eventually quickens consciousness. And so 22 is is zero. So the 22nd archetype is zero. And so that's the beginning of a new cycle. So whether you go through that cycle at one lifetime or 50 lifetimes or 100 lifetimes, but you can't become the fool until you've learned the lessons from each of those archetypes and how many lifetimes that takes is up to each individual. Because God doesn't care if you spend a billion, trillion years there. Time is insignificant to God. You know, pure awareness has no clock. 
it's just witnessing itself with great joy. And it's a, quite a ride. Getting sick is no fun. A scratchy throat or congested sinus take their toll on our energy and our happiness. Finally, there's a natural organic solution. If you're tired of remembering different pills and gulping gross syrups, you'll love this refreshing orange juice. Organifi Immunity is a simple immune-boosting superfood blend which can help fight the symptoms and decrease the durations of colds and flus. This new formula combines many helpful ingredients you already know, like zinc, vitamin C, and vitamin D3, with revolutionary new discoveries like ultrasonic-extracted mushroom beta-glycans. It's traditional wisdom and modern science combined. Not just for the flu season, but a great general immune boost you can enjoy now and stop falling for colds, flus, and many other infections. Organifi Immunity tastes great hot or cold, is quick and easy to use. Just pour your package into water, mix, and enjoy. If you enjoy capsules or just want to add extra immune support nutrition to your daily regimen, try Organifi Critical Immune. These caps are easy and effective to use. I love using Organifi products because that way I know for sure I'm taking good care of myself and supporting organic farmers and soil regeneration too. Go to www.organifi.com, that's Organifi.com, and on checkout use the code capital C, capital H, capital E, capital K20, that's CHECK20, to get your 20% discount on any purchase. And for Living 4D listeners, that 20% discount is across the board. So shop around at Organifi and enjoy more health and vitality. Alan Watts describes it in his audio. You can download it off of YouTube on the, uh, the role of the Joker. So he said there's four traditional pathways to wisdom. The, the yogi, the fakir, and the renunciant. And then there's the Joker. Sometimes the Joker is also illustrated as the shaman as well. And so they're interchangeable depending if you're Northern or Southern Hemisphere or if you're Western Idaho's or, or more Native First American, Nations. Yeah. Trickster, coyote. Yeah, exactly. And the role of the Joker in the court was to remind everybody to not get too invested in their own egos. They're all going to be they're all going to be bones in the boneyard soon enough. And it was the Joker's role to say the things that could not be said to the king or right. to the queen. And he often had to say them obliquely Correct. as jokes or something that you could just understand enough to get it, but not enough to make it so obvious that you were slandering the king or the queen. Which is a form of mastery. And of course, the Joker's job, and I do believe there's a little bit of Joker in both of us, is to bring forth to our friends around the world is like, hey, this is a game. This is an illusion. What role and what meaning are you choosing to give it? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and I had some notes there. It's interesting. We were talking about evil, but if you take the word live, L-I-V-E, and read it backwards, it's E-V-I-L. So evil is that which is against life or immoral. Moral is codes of conduct that are life affirmative, and evil is that which is against life. And Arthur M. Young talks about Maya as the grand illusion. And he says, 
something quite beautiful. I'll share his description of it. He's, he says, if you come over to my house to visit me unannounced, and I just happen to be right in the middle of a movie, when you knock on the door, I'm going to pause the movie, and I'm going to go answer the door. And when you come in and sit down with me, you're not going to know what's going on in the movie. He says, you will not know the illusion that's being projected. So unless I say, oh, this movie's about such and such, and I fill you in on the illusion, you're pretty much lost because you missed half the movie. So he says, what you got to realize is that Maya is the illusion, as I was alluding to before, but he, he's leading to this understanding that without the principle of limitation, we can't have an experience. If there was no limitation to where you sensed your body, how would you know where you were or who you were with? Everybody be, would be inside of you, right? So if we don't have any limitation, then there's no Paul, there's no Wade, there's no day, there's no night, there's no measure. Measure is limitation. If we didn't have a sense of limitation, there would be no distinction between the sun, the moon, and the stars. So you see, you can't have an illusion without limitation, just like you can't have an illusion without light and dark, right? You have to have those two, those ingredients are essential to the illusion. And so when we realize that the illusion is made of limitation and that the, you think of the, the brake pedal in your car like a, a form of limitation, right? It'd be very dangerous to drive a car, especially a fast one, around with no brakes mm -hmm. because you don't have any capacity to limit the acceleration of the car. So if we don't pay attention to the fact that we are using the ingredients of creating illusions or dissolving illusions, and if we don't use them consciously, you can't learn to dissolve an illusion until you've learned how you create them, right? Absolutely. So once we realize that a lot of what we're doing by not paying attention to what's happening all around us is adding to the illusions or by buying into things without really being honest in our research and being honest about looking into the arguments on the other side, like what do all the great physicians that are saying not to wear masks, that are saying this is the truth about COVID. It's Zach Bush saying it's very linked to pollution in the environment, destruction of nature. Uh, Bruce Lipton saying, you know, viruses are just information. They're like uh, flash drives that plug into your cells and say, this is what's going on in, the, on in the environment. You better regulate yourself to meet the challenges facing you or you're going to die. In other words, a virus is a messenger. It's not, uh, it's not an infection. So the point is, these I'm just giving you a few names of people that represent people that say, okay, here's the other side. But if you don't look at both sides, you can't tell where the illusion is. I think it was uh, Warren Buffett that said, I don't give myself the luxury of an opinion until I've thoroughly considered its opposite. Yes, that's very wise. And... The interesting thing that's happening today with mathematical algorithms is people are living in what I call an algorithmic pri prison uh, that 
puts them in a confirmation bias, they end up in a group, some form of tribalism. And humanity evolved from, you know, from tribes to city-states, city-states to nation-states. And nation-states were often determined by geography, language, customs, culture, that sort of thing. And if you look at humanity and tribalism, perpetual war, perpetual fear of people of a different culture, different sounding words, different whatever it happens to be. And again, we talked about this earlier when we're talking about the unintended consequences of technological innovation. And that being is what we we created this amazing thing called the internet to connect everybody. And then we program these algorithms to give us more of what we are. And then we created groups for these people to hang out in. And then the most radicalized version of that group, the one the most certain that their version of the truth is true, now becomes the spokesman of everyone who associates with that. And what do we have? We have all-out tribal warfare on the internet. And because the way media is designed, the way mathematical algorithms work, you keep seeing more and more of that reaffirming your own bias, your own belief, and reaffirming the story deeper into the illusion. Because it's like a fractal, it's a fractal reality. Exactly. And the human mind and is, a, is, a, is, is an open book to input. It doesn't matter how smart you are, you only know what you've experienced, yeah, what you have a, what you have a concept for. Correct. And if you look back hundreds of years ago to these great people, they were carpenters, they were statesmen, they were business people, they were farmers, they were philosophers. And you're thinking, mm-hmm. how did these individuals who didn't have electricity, didn't have running water in most instances, had very little access to books and libraries and information. Be literal polymath geniuses in all these different areas. How was that possible? They spent time doing things instead of watching everyone else do them. Which is going back to what I said. We have become a society of observers instead of participants. Yes, it's like... um I tell people life is is not an observation sport, it's a participation sport. And the ironic thing is, is, and I think you can experience, and I almost have to say it apologetically in these terms, since COVID has happened, in many ways, my life has gotten extraordinarily better. Mine too. It's 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 been it's been um I have these really mixed emotions mm-hmm. because I look out into the world and see people scared to death. Um, I feel their pain. I feel their fear. I feel the empathy. I have this great empathy for them. And you're like, and we're doing better than ever. Yeah. And I'm like, God, if you would just learn to think effectively and ask bigger questions. And be honest with yourself about what happens when you follow that gestalt. Like, what has the American Medical Association and the vaccination mongers and the political 
people that are tied right to these things financially brought us. They brought us more illusion and more illusion and more disease and more dysfunction. So it's like, I have this mixed feeling because it's kind of like watching your child in his first relationship with the opposite sex, getting themselves in a lot of trouble. Mm -hmm. And you've told them about these things over and over again, but you know, they can't learn it until they're in it. And so, you know, I know pain is a, is what I call the pain teacher, you know, pain lets you know you're moving in the wrong direction, whether it's physical, emotional, or mental or spiritual pain. And so one of the big problems is that there's so much money being made by numbing and drugging a person's GPS system, their heart compass, because when they can't feel their anxiety and their depression and their um, organs and, and their bones and their joints, they keep making the same mistakes by regenerating the same illusion over and over again. And then they are chained to the medical system and then they're chained to the television and they just get to the point where they're so caught in it that no matter what you tell them, until they're in dire pain, they won't listen to it. And most of them don't want to do the work of really being healthy. So I sit and watch all this and I feel like I'm I'm handcuffed. It's because I spent my entire career my entire 36-year career trying to teach people how to climb out of these illusions. But short of destroying my own life and going door to door and say, hey, wake up, read this article, do this exercise. I mean, you can't do it, right? Everybody has the right to their own journey. And so what I do is I just send them my love and say, you know what? I have deep empathy for you. And there was many times in my life where I believed things that I found out weren't true. And I had to be in a place of being open to hearing the truth before I could hear and see what was always all around me anyhow. But at the same time, metaphorically, I'm still watching my child have, have problems in their first intimate relationship. And I'm going, okay, this is hard to watch. And, and, and I, I really, I send a uh, every day I send all my love to all the people in the world that are scared and are lost and confused and unhealthy and unhappy and and frustrated and angered. And But I do the best I can do for them by putting myself in the state that I would like them to be in, and I broadcast from that place. I don't know what else to do. Well, I think David Hawkins said in his book, Power Versus Force, the best thing that you can do to help the planet is stay home. <laughs> you mean within yourself? Yeah, because we are connected. And if one's raising up one's own vibration, awareness, consciousness, whatever that happens to be, you're lifting all boats by your beingness. And when that light becomes brighter and brighter and more reflective of the truth, then people become attracted to you. And that is the power of magnetism because spirit is always calling your soul back into itself. And once you've heard that, and when I mean heard that, if you've actually heard that or felt that or experienced that calling, that longing, then nothing else will suffice. Yeah, 
Hi, everybody. You know, apple cider vinegar is like a panacea that's been shown through all sorts of research to help with just about anything. And I personally love the stuff. I found it very, very beneficial on many levels. And Paleo Valley's apple cider vinegar complex is absolutely awesome. And I've got Autumn Smith, their founder here right now to tell you why it will be a great addition to your life. Autumn, what is it about your cider vinegar complex that we should all know about? (laughs) Well, I created the apple cider vinegar complex because I was on a mission to not only live as long as possible, but to feel amazing when I did that. And I learned about apple cider vinegar's incredible ability to help keep our blood sugar very nice and stable, which is one thing we know people who live long, healthy lives have. And then I added organic cinnamon and organic ginger and organic turmeric, all that have different benefits of their own from anti-inflammatory properties to brain benefits. And we put them all into capsules so that you could take it and then have your digestion feel better. You could have more energy. You could have you could avoid the ups and downs all day long because you have that nice, stable blood sugar. And of course, another interesting side is that apple cider vinegar may actually be able to help your body break down glyphosate. So there are so many different ways that you can use this product and reasons that you might. And the The reason it's so important to me is because I want food to be used as medicine. And so we can encourage our bodies to do all of these amazing things simply by the addition of the apple cider vinegar complex. Well, I also love that you have ginger in there because it's a very effective anti-parasitic. And today with the amount of processed food people are eating, uh, it's a really good idea to have some ginger in your diet. So I love this product myself. I use it every morning. And uh, Autumn, where can people get it and what's their discount? You guys can all save up to 15% off with the checkout code CHECK. That's lowercase C-H-E-K 15. And I just wanted to mention too, the number one thing I hear from people is that this complex helps them reduce cravings. So I hope you That's, all love it. Yes. Yeah, so go to paleo valley, P-A-L-E-O valley.com and get your 15% discount. And I hope you love it as much as I do. You have to kind of, um, you have to get far enough from the truth of yourself to feel the, the calling that something's missing. You know, you have to, like if you're out in the desert and you're looking for water, you can only go so far before you have to start making critical decisions. Do I change direction? Do I go back or do I keep going? But the further you go from your last source of water, the more conscious you become about how essential water is to your survival and how important it is. And if you're present with your instincts, you'll get to the point where your body and your heart will guide you to water and you may even smell the increase in humidity in the air coming from a given direction or just have this animal sense of knowing, or you get wise and follow the animal tracks, but you may end up with within reach of water. So I think sometimes we have to get far enough out of our comfort zone to really appreciate what was and what does sustain us, and then to get to the point where we have to decide, how do I get back to that? And is it a left turn? Is it a right turn? Is it 
uh, going back to how I used to live or is it going forward and getting uh, a skilled therapist or coach to guide me so that I know what's worth keeping and what I need to work on recreating. And, uh, you know, I think, I think there's a lot of great people in the world right now on the internet from all the great teachers at Gaia TV to, um, you know, Ken Wilber's group, Integral Life, and and people like Keith Witt, and uh, um, you know, there's just uh, sounds true. Tammy Simon and all the people that she does podcasts with, and audio pro- programs and books with, and you got my buddy JP Sears out there giving us a very comedic way to look at ourselves and realize. Oh, by the way, if you think that's funny, he's he's showing you you <laughs> I, just, I just had uh, i just recorded with jp the other day did you oh great yeah we did and um there's some beautiful insights about his creative process i'm going to save that for the listeners i don't want to spoil it but um i think it's remarkable he he shared with me a personal story and it will give you a little hint on that and that is he was in a movie house or like a comedian where you do a, the- a comedy routine, a comedy club. And it's tradition for the comedians to sign in the, in the green room that they've been there. And one of the things that was on the wall was a, a piece from Dave Chappelle that said, keep telling the truth. And on my way down here, I was listening to one of the Weinstein brothers who talk about the things that aren't being related to the public both geniuses, Eric and his brother, Brett. And he was lamenting the fact that George Carlin had left us, who was perhaps in that joker, the fool kind yes. of oh, yes. speak and, yes, and, and, and really elucidated all of this very, very clearly in a really wonderful way. It was a brilliant way of describing the insanity of the of, of what the population is doing and the way out of it. Yes, and you know who JP's favorite comedian is is Bill Hicks. And Bill Hicks, have you heard him before? Yeah, he's extraordinary. He's funny as hell, but boy, he he gives us all the truth of religion and and politics and and you know you know i i remember when you know jp uh, trained under me for i think five years was an instructor for the institute and and started with me when he was 19 and um he uh used to listen to bill hicks all the time and watch bill hicks videos and you know i've always known jp had a really wicked sense of humor i mean five minutes in a room with him and you find that out and uh uh it's so interesting because I look back at all these years he used to get me watching Bill Hicks and I would just thought it was fantastic. And so all those years with JP, I had no idea what was being born right in front of me. Amazing. What a, what a beautiful thing to witness. Well, he's doing a great work. Mm-hmm. He's spreading a great message and in, in a beautiful humorous way. I'm more at it to go at it a little aggressively in my natural nature, but he's, He's kind of doing the jujitsu moves and, yeah. and, and elucidating. And one thing I've noticed throughout my years is almost always the truth kind of creates a laugh or a funny response in the body. You yeah. just naturally get that kind of charge and laugh yeah. and yeah. like, oh, yeah, that's, you know, the, the joker, uh, the fool, 
is that who, again, like in the king's courtroom, reminds us of our own foolishness. Yeah. Yeah. It takes a fool to see the fool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, um, it's really quite a journey. So, Wade, let's talk about, you know, we've talked about some of the realities of the illusion. We've talked about the, briefly about the cycle of tarot, which is, was really beautiful, which is really just another version of the hero's journey. We've talked about um, how it all gets created, and we've talked about uh, the ways we get trapped and what ultimately leads to pain. Let's spend a few minutes on some of the solutions that we can suggest for people that have challenges in their life that can be used to work on any illusion. How do you deal with your illusions? Well, it's been a practice I've been cultivating for the last 20 years, and I don't profess that I'm a master or anything like that. Yeah, me either. It's a daily practice. And and that is. And so... I can be a complete Buddha in meditation and a complete asshole if somebody (laughs) says the wrong thing. (laughs) A hundred percent. And a couple things that I've learned along this and number one is my state of happiness joy creativity inspiration love expansion growth all of the positive attributes of being human is a great gauge if i'm not feeling that i'm not spending enough time carving out practice to get myself in the right state so that i can maintain equanimity as I move through the illusion of one's challenges that we all face. And we have all this wonderful tracking information on our devices. How many hours of sleep you got, how deep it was. How many steps you took, how how many many calories you burnt. All this stuff, which is content. It's just data. Without setting the context, what is that for? Is that to be a better version of an optimized version of my ego? Or am I going to transcend it? Or is it both? And it can be both. So for me, the first couple hours of the day are for me to set myself. So I get up, I perform a energization exercise, deep breath work, meditation, then physical exercise. Then I feed my body all of the elements it requires to sustain itself and optimize that. That's why I found a company on it. And at that point, I'm ready to meet the day. Yes. That's important. And some days I can't do that or some days I have to compress it. Yeah, me too. And I use my checkpoint, Charlie, is if I'm feeling aggro and upset and emotionalized and angry at people and stuff, I recognize, oh, I'm running on empty and what I'm experiencing as stress is is not stress. It is my inability to manage what's coming at me at this moment. So either I need to slow down, I need to pull back, and I need to set the context. And for me, that starts first, get connected with my physicality, get involved with gratitude, connect with source energy, whatever that is for you. Exercise the body. It requires physical movement. Fill it up with the elements that make it whole and energize it and take it out into the world and allow it to do its wondrous capabilities. And to have those close friends around you who you can have honest conversations with 
will will tell you the things that maybe you don't want to hear. Yeah, or that you're just not aware of. Right. And to recognize that that person is your true friend. And so maintaining good company. And that might only, if you're in a very dire situation, that might only be through a book. It might only be through listening to a podcast. But whatever gives you that sense of hope and spark and re- and, 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 and joy, could be dancing, could be music. Go with go what the children would do. Yeah. Dance, exactly. laugh, yeah. play, get back into the game that this is a game, it's an illusion, and we can play with it and use this wondrous device for all that it's capable of. Uh, put technology where it is. It's a tool. It's a useful tool and it's a, a, a horrible tyrant. You determine whether which one it's going to be. It's a double-edged sword for sure. You know. You know what you were describing, I I describe to my students and my patients and clients is what I call the I we all of love. And the the I we all of love is a principle that says I cannot give you we I can't give you what I don't have. Mm-hmm. I cannot love Wade more than I can love Paul. Mm-hmm. So I before we means it's up to each of us to be responsible about what it is that we need to do to bring ourselves to the state where we have enough authentic love, energy, resources to share and give to other people so that we're not writing rubber checks and saying yes when we mean no and complicating our lives and and um repressing our anger and our frustration and our judgments so that we don't start fights when we don't want to have to but we're really maintaining the battle inside of ourselves so my philosophy is you know and this is why i often get up at 4 30 in the morning i was up at 4 30 this morning most mornings i am because in order to do the work that I choose to do, to have the living and the life and the home and the location and the food that I want um, and the things I want to share with my family, I have to do the things that are congruent with that dream. And if that means 12 hours a day of work, then some days it's 12 hours. If it's 16, it's 16. And if it's less, it's less. But if I don't take responsibility for doing the the things that I have to do to nourish myself, ground myself, center myself, and open myself to greater possibilities, to inspiration, to intuition, which requires stilling the mind, and to spiritual guidance, then I find myself feeling frustrated, irritated, and resentful of people, even people I love, because they're asking me to do things. Will you take out the garbage? Will you help with the dishes? Will you watch the kids? Uh, Will you get this um, podcast uh, intro done? Will you write this report for this patient's doctor? Whatever. I, I find those things to be very, very frustrating and irritating, and I can find myself being very antagonistic to my own dream. And so when you realize that all the inadequacies that you create within yourself, you carry into your relationships and you're either planting seeds of connection and harmony or disconnection and disharmony, then we realize, wow, we've got to 
choice to stop making excuses about how busy I am or whatever. Uh, you know, the most common excuse is I don't have time. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like this cartoon I have I, I found on the internet. Uh, it's a person visiting the doctor and the doctor's saying, you really need to exercise an hour a day. And the patient says, well, I don't have time. And he says, well, if you don't have time to exercise an hour a day, you you will have time to die, <laughs> which your choice. <laughs> so, you know, I, I just, um, in a nutshell, what I'm saying is we all need to look at our life and say, what is my dream? What is my dream for myself? What is my dream for my relationships? And what is my dream for the world? And whatever your dream for the world is, is based on who and what you are and what you put into it. And that dream can't be created without relationships. So, you know, for me, the most important thing is being clear on what my dream is. And my dream is to live in love fully and share as much as I possibly can with the world of what I've learned through committing myself to the life process fully. And, and that means I have to be clear about creating boundaries around myself so that I have the time to do what I need to do. And one of the hardest things I've had to learn is when to say no. I used to try to do everything. I, I tried to make videos and coach and be a therapist and be a husband and a daddy and uh, exercise and be a strong man. And it's just like the list was so long and you know, it led me to a very interesting and painful but deep awakening of a midlife crisis. So through all that, I learned not only do you need to have a dream, but you need to be clear about what is the most essential elements that are that must be sustained so you can create the dream, right? I built the Czech Institute with my wife and my staff, but you know, I, I, I had the vision and I developed the education. And it took a fucking lot of work. And I had to be very, very disciplined and very focused. And and now I find myself having to be very disciplined and very focused about not working and about making sure I have time for the kids and for the women, my, my, my wives, and for my family and for myself. So I look back on what I was producing as a younger man and I go, there's no way I could do that without destroying myself and my relationships. But back then I was like a bullet flying and if I split a person in half along the way who got in the way because they didn't agree with me and I just told them something like, fuck off, you don't know what you're talking about and damage the relationship, I didn't care because I just figured they're in the way and they don't, you know, it's just an obstruction. So I'm going to go around it, over it or through it, whatever. But now I look, I look at it and say, wait, you know, I don't want to have those kinds of interactions with people. I don't want i have to be wise enough not to put people around me that are distractions and so it you know the paradox of all of this is your the quality of your relationships with persons places and things which is all there is and the quality of relationships with yourself is ultimately uh i mean the, the quality of the relationship with yourself and how you internally manage your relationship with persons places and things becomes the catalyst to the types of experiences you have in relationships with others mm -hmm. and how you relate to others is a model of how you relate to multiple others right You're, there's not going to be too much difference between how you 
what you put into your family and what you put into the world, for example, because the family is a group of people that know you and are very likely to bring out the parts of you that you hide from the world. But when you're, what you're hiding from the world is not hiding from yourself on the inside and it's influencing you every day, right? Your fears make choices for you. Your addictions make choices for you. Your denials make choices for you. So what I'm saying is how we manage ourselves ultimately becomes the broadcast station that we see the world through. And it's easy to say the world's fucked up because of Donald Trump or Bill Gates or Fauci or whatever. But the reality of it is, is that if you're healthy and you have confidence in yourself and your life, you say, it's very interesting to watch this show. And it's very interesting to see me, how many people are falling hook, line and sinker, you know, which is, you know, like if you listen to Krishnamurti talk about God, he really <laughs> kind of gets the Christians all wound up, you know, and he lets them know, you know, they're this waiting for Jesus to come back and waiting for God to rescue you and pay your bills is, is just worse than childish. Wake up, <laughs> you know? And so we ultimately have to decide what is our dream and what does it take to be that person? And once you know what that is, what are the things I have my clients and patients and students do is I say, take a little piece of paper, like a, a simple little notepad, blank is better, draw a circle in it, which is the symbol of wholeness, and put a little picture in that, that represents who you choose to be today. And anything that gets in the way of that, you know, isn't part of your day. So there's my sunny day. So there's my GPS compass. My dream is to share my love through the Czech Institute and all that I do. And I choose to have a sunny day. So if someone starts raining on me, I know right then and there, hey, that's not part of my day. And I can allow them to enjoy their own rain, or I can say, geez, let's give them some empathy and say, well, I guess that's really challenging for you to have to go through that. Or I'm, I'm guessing you're feeling quite sad about what's just happened to you. And then give them the space and the connection they need to feel supported, but know that it's not my job to uh, fall into the trap of having to live somebody else's life. And it's it, and, and sometimes the people we have to do that with the most is our family because they have the greatest habit of hooking us in. And so make so what I'm saying is get clear about what you need, just like you just said. I'm saying have a clear definition of your dream because without it you have no no compass bearing. And as the old saying goes, if you don't know where you're going, any road will get you there. And then take 30 seconds to create something that symbolizes who you choose to be, and therefore puts the limits on what you will not allow yourself to fall into. That simple technique has helped me countless times and helped untold numbers of people I've taught it to. And the only thing that stops it from working is people not doing it. Hi, everybody. My friends at Bioptimizers have formulated the most complete, potent, and first full-spectrum magnesium formula ever created. It's called Magnesium Breakthrough. 
If there's one mineral you should be worried about not getting enough, it's magnesium. Magnesium is the body's master mineral, providing over 300 critical reactions, including detoxification, fat metabolism, energy production, and even digestion is influenced by the presence of magnesium. But there are two big problems here. Magnesium has been largely missing from U.S. soils since the 1950s and probably soils around the world wherever commercial farming is done, which explains why it's estimated that up to 80% of the population may be deficient in magnesium. Most magnesium supplements only contain one or two forms of magnesium, when in reality there are at least seven your body needs and benefits from. If you take this later fact into consideration, it's logical to conclude that 99% of the population is likely to be deficient in two or more essential forms of magnesium. The good news is that when you do get all seven forms of magnesium, pretty much every function in your body is upgraded from your brain to your sleep to reducing pain and inflammation, and it all improves fast. The Bioptimizer's formulation team even included trace amounts of something called monoatomic magnesium, which helps make all the other forms of magnesium more bioavailable. With magnesium breakthrough as part of your daily supplement routine, you are likely to reduce your stress levels and feel relaxed and at peace, boost your immune system, maintain optimal heart rhythm, sleep faster and deeper. Better sleep quality is a surefire way to reduce your stress and to enhance overall performance. Sleeping better and having all seven forms of bioavailable magnesium to support your body is a great way to lower cortisol levels, which not only enhances cortisol melatonin balance, but people with adrenal exhaustion, often experiences chronically low energy levels, are likely to experience better short-term memory and improved cognitive performance as a result of enhancing their magnesium profile. And to my knowledge, Magnesium Breakthrough is the most complete magnesium supplement blend available. To get your magnesium breakthrough, go to bioptimizers.com forward slash living 4D. That's bioptimizers, B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S.com forward slash living number four small d. And your checkout code for your 10% discount is all small case P-A-U-L 10 for your 10% off any order. Enjoy magnesium breakthrough, sleeping better, looking better, and feeling better. Yogananda, one of my teachers, uh, stated clearly that the world is governed by habits, good or bad. So we have, much of us have gotten into the habit of overconsumption and underproduction. We don't see the, cons- the consumption of media is the same thing as overeating because you're not in a productive state, you're in a receptive state. And so if someone's listening and they're really hooked into their tech, well, what is your values in life? Where are you trying to go? What's your mission? Yep. What's your goal? What's how, who do you want to become? And then where are you spending your time? And then from that, you can go, okay, well, am I spending on my time on the things that are in alignment with my values going towards my mission? And am I putting forth the effort, the energy in that? And how much is going there versus how much is going somewhere else? Right, yeah. And it's just like a calorie model. Where are your energy leaks? Exactly. And then systematically start chopping the leaks. And for a moment, we 
talked about this very, very early today before the podcast, is to be able to create emptiness, to create mm -hmm. space, to create voidness. Oh, what happens if I don't have my job def definition or I'm not in the relationship that I thought I was in or right. I didn't have this amount in the bank account or I didn't have this many possessions or this many friends or whatever I've built up as a superstructure around my life? Okay. Well, I realize I'm off course. I'm not feeling good. I'm in fear. I'm, I know that I'm controlled. I'm overweight. I'm not happy with myself. I'm in relationships that are, that are reflective of my inner state because it's creating some sort of conflict. And you go, it's too much for me to handle, Paul. It's, it's just overwhelming. I don't have time. No problem. Start with the one thing that you can let go of. Take that, let go of that, and don't try to fill the space with something else. Or if you can't do that if you can't sit in emptiness for the same time you're devoting to that spend a little time going back towards reconnecting with your source entry with yourself with the mission that whatever that happens to be and oftentimes you're going to need a guide to help you through this you're going to need if you don't know what questions to ask sit with someone who you admire or respect or who has a state of being that you would like to attain or and sit with them and have a conversation and listen to the questions they ask you to ask and ask those questions to start and as you know once you start asking questions it leads to other questions and yes. then other questions mm -hmm. but that is the pathway to wisdom by yeah. questioning what you think is real or what you yeah. think the problem is or what you think the challenge in your life right now because all it is is you haven't asked a better question yes yeah or or sometimes even just being present and just like you say create the empty space create the emptiness and you know a lot of people are they have a hard time letting go of anything because they've so done what i've called ex what i call externalizing the self they don't have a relationship with themselves as a spiritual being in the human body, they have a relationship with themselves as their job, as the food they eat, as the car they drive, the clothes they wear, the jewelry they have, the money that's in their bank account, their rank, their position, and their status in society. So when they aren't ready to come to the realization that that's what's making them sick, they're so externalized, there's nothing left to nourish the, the body that is giving them a home plate, right? So the, the thing that we can practice letting go of is the breath. We can just really take a nice deep breath and go, ah. And then just let it go. Practice letting go. I can let go of my breath. And if a person practices some sort of a physical symbolic act of letting go. Oh, just see all the stress leaving your body, you know, kind of like on the green mile when the guy Correct. breathed all the yeah. ashes out, like, just let it out. And then when you realize how good it feels to let even just your breath really go, just to say, I'm letting it go. Then it's easier because now you have a sense of the feeling of relief with the process or the concept of letting go. Then you can say, okay, what are all the things that I've got going on in my life that are stressful to me? In other words, where are my pain generators at? And then you can say, okay, 
if I prioritize these things into the ones that I'm least willing to let go to the, what I'm most willing to let go, I know that item number 14 on the list is the thing I should probably let go next because it's going to be the least scary and the least painful. But if I'm not ready to let go of that, then I can still practice letting go by taking five or 10 minutes or setting my clock to beep every hour and doing what I call 12 centering breaths and emphasizing, just letting go. And the next thing you know, item number 14 doesn't seem so bad at all. But if we don't prime the pump of change with conscious awareness of the direction we're going, I'm letting go of this so that I can have more of this. Yes. When I let go of more of this, I have more freedom. Mm -hmm. When I let go of this, I sleep more or sleep better. When I let go of this, I have to make less phone calls, less text messages, because that's not a relationship that's nourishing me. And it's taking a lot of energy to maintain the connection. And I'm doing it out of insecurity of what is that person going to think if I don't want to hang out with them anymore, which is there's another thing to let go. Let go of your insecurity. How about holding on to your honesty? John, you just need different things in your life than I do right now. I love you. But forgive me if I am not responsive to text because it is just a situation where I've got to put myself in a state that helps me create what I need inside right now. And I I really honor you and love you enough to give you the space to create what you need. And if if they can't handle it, that's got to be their issue. Beautifully said. Beautifully said. And breath is probably the easiest way to connect that. There's a great book. Um Dr. David Hawkins, Letting Go, is one of his last books that he wrote while he was still in body. And it's it's literally the psychological processes that you can practice, very simple. And then there's four stages to that breath. There's the inhalation. Pause. And then the pause is being filled up. And then the release. And the pause. And then the pause and letting the spaciousness be empty. And automatically, the breath comes in on its own. And, and it fills up again. And so the willingness to let go of whatever it is, is the pain, is the process of letting the breath out, sitting in the space of emptiness after you've let go of those attachments that are causing you the pain. And the longer you can hold that pause, the more joyful the inhalation of the breath and the deeper the fulfillment becomes. You know, the other thing, and I agree with you totally. And and the, the other thing is, is that what a lot of people fail to realize is that the more intense your pain and the longer it's been around, the slower you've been to listen. So if you're an athlete that keeps having back pain, back pain, back pain, therapy, therapy, back pain, back pain, good for a little while, back pain, then you're probably not paying attention to the fact that your technique is not good. And you keep re-injuring yourself because you're doing things to your body that go against the biomechanical principles of a human body. And therefore, eventually, you're going to have to say, wait a minute, I've spent $150,000 in therapy, but maybe I should actually start listening to my strength coach instead of just doing what I want to do all the time. Or maybe I should read less magazines and uh, pay attention to people that actually know what they're doing or who have demonstrated longevity in this you know, arena. Um, but the point is, is, you know, I tell people, look, you don't get obese overnight. You got to work at it. You got to spend years working at it. It takes 10 
to 15 years of not paying attention to give yourself cancer. The body is very resilient. It does not want to be sick. You don't get depressed overnight. You work at it by repeating patterns, behaviors, and beliefs that produce a product called depression or anxiety. So I think a real important element of of what we're going through now with this whole COVID pandemic thing is saying, wait a minute, how many times have we been in this place as a culture or as a world? How many times have we been at war with each other? How many times have we been at war with each other within our own countries and our own families and our own cities? And how many times have we done this racist thing over and over? Mm -hmm. Well, if you actually understand that we all come from one source, that means we're all brothers and sisters. We're all from the same source. So, you know, you don't need a lot of deep thinking to realize that racism is a very, very low level of consciousness. I mean, I don't even think animals are racist. So it's like, where does this come from? But it's, it's just a bad idea that produces a lot of pain. My only point is it doesn't matter what direction you move in in your life. It doesn't matter what kind of pain, physical, emotional, mental, or spiritual. Pain is the indicator that you're going against the natural flow of consciousness in the universe, right? If your partner wants to go out and dance and all you want to do is stay at home, smoke cigarettes, and watch football games, eventually you're going to create a rift in the flow of the relationship because half of the relationship wants to go out and do something different and more enlivening and the other half doesn't. So you have, uh, you know, um, destructive interference in the relationship. But if you love that person and, and you're honest and say, really what I need right now is not more football or more cigarettes and more beer. I need to go move my body and have some fun with my partner, which usually leads to some good sex, which is quite invigorating and quite beautiful. Then you go. But if you stay there, then the pain's going to get worse. And the pain's going to get worse. And eventually the thing's going to blow to pieces, right? So it doesn't matter what direction we go. I think really what I'm saying is that our, our, the world population as a whole has a very, very long history of repeatedly doing things that lead it into pain, dysfunction, uh, confusion, wars, and submitting itself to the control of people who who act as though they do know what to do, which is usually he who has the biggest weapon or the fastest way to remove the threat. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you've addressed the problem. It's like, you know, taking an aspirin does not remove the threat. It just creates the illusion you removed it. So if we really say, what are some of the illusions that my mom and dad played out in front of me over and over again? What are some of the illusions that we see in government playing out? What are some of the illusions that keep playing themselves out in the movies and on television? Um, you know, what is an illusion that's happening that hasn't been happening so often, but is obvious, okay? Never before this have we had so much censorship that everybody in the world knew that many people that are telling the truth are being taken down so nobody can give you a counterbalance to the illusion. So you then say, okay, wait a minute, we have lost our constitutional rights. So we're, we're basically losing everything that our founding fathers worked for 
And this has happened over and over again, and it happens in China, Russia, Korea, Ch- uh, you know, Japan. It's, it's we've seen these things go right, mm-hmm. but if we continue to participate in the illusion, and we don't say, "Wait a minute, I've got to actually stop being a communist to myself. I've got to stop being um, a dogmatic Christian to myself." In other words, if we don't recognize the illusions that repeat themselves, then we can't change it. We have to acknowledge by looking at what's going on with honesty what keeps going on that doesn't actually lead to harmony, wholeness, and greater fulfillment at any level of your being. And if we keep doing it unconsciously, then we just create more and more pain and you can get to the point where you can damage yourself, damage your relationships, or damage the world to the point that um, it can't be repaired within the scope of one lifetime. Like what we're doing to this planet could take thousands of years for it to heal from when we're gone. She'll be fine without us, but we won't be fine without her, not if this is the dream that you want to fulfill, being a human being on Earth. Hi, everybody. You've heard me talk about Symbiotica's Golden Mind before, but I couldn't help bringing Sherbine in to tell us more about it. Golden Mind is an amazing adaptogen product. An adaptogen is a herb or a substance that helps you manage stress. I love Golden Mind when I've got a busy day and a busy mind and lots going on and dealing with people's challenges and just trying to find time to center myself. And so I use a little Golden Mind and it just centers me up and makes me feel good. But Sherveen, tell us what's special about Golden Mind and what should we be using it for other than just managing stress, which is everybody's issue these days. You got it, man. I, I, Golden Mind is one of my main products that I use personally every single day, probably twice a day. You know, we're in the biohacker world today yes. and all that stuff. I don't really resonate with that energy. I, I resonate more with a balance mentality. I, I call I, it, I say, don't biohack, biosynergize. Yeah, biosynergize, right? Yeah. And that's a synergy product. Golden Mind's a synergy formula. So we combined Ayurveda with traditional Chinese herbal medicine with new pharmacology technology, liposomal micelles. Yeah. So we took things like you know, ginseng and bicopa and rhodiola and ashwagandha, all of these different things. And we put it together with a chai latte flavor. Mm. And you just reach into your little bottle, you squirt that out. All of a sudden, you're reducing your stress load. You're reducing that energy that's been building up all throughout the day. All the stuff that we're dealing with in this mechanistic material world that's compiling on top of us, this is one of the best ways to do it. We also have um, lion's mane in there. So that's oh, great. a lot. Great for the brain. Great for the brain. It's brain nourishing. It's a balancer. Everyone who takes it realizes um, a calming sense. Almost, Naturally great you know, for kids, right? 100%. I good. hope so because I've been giving it to mine. <laughs> <laughs> good job, man. So this is uh, this is like a nootropic stack but a balancer. It's not filled with synthetics and chemicals that are made in research labs. I don't believe in any of that stuff. Yeah. I just, I, we're I not designed either. for that. You know? I, th- I think I find it, it gives me a sense of uh, ease. Like, um, like when you're getting a massage, how you start to relax. So when I need a, a, a massage that I can just put in under my tongue and, and chill out, I go for gold mind and you should too. So go to symbiotica.com, C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. And on checkout, use your code CHECK15, all caps, capital C, capital H, capital E, capital K, 15, 
to get your 15% discount while you're there. Check out all their other amazing products because your discount is across the board. I hope you enjoy your golden mind. They, they will. And I want to add, we have L-theanine and ocean minerals in there. And that is the balance. You balance like the ocean. Very good. Well, there you go. You heard it from the master, the formulator himself. So enjoy your golden mind. You've got your discount code. Check 15caps, symbiotica.com. Enjoy. The easiest place to start for all of us is the obvious, you know? What is my body telling me about the illusions I'm buying into? What is my sex life and my sex drive telling me about the illusions I'm buying into? I mean, when I've got 19-year-old athletes contact me asking me how to get off of Viagra, I say, wow, the youngest, most vital males in our culture are having to use drugs to get an erection. What does that say about the number of illusions they've bought into that have so devitalized them that they're acting like 70-year-old men when they're 19, right? So clearly, there's a, an illusion that's been bought into there. So once we say, okay, I'm going to be honest with myself about the illusions that I'm energizing, and I'm going to decide whether they're dream affirmative or not, and then I'm going to make time in my day to do the things that I choose to do to become the person that I'm choosing to be every day, then we find we start cutting illusions out. And as we cut illusions out, you see, one of the things that happens is we gain a lot more energy. And I'll tell you why. If you study Arnold Patton's universal principles, which are quite good, he makes it very clear. Anytime you're living out of harmony with the universe, you're creating an illusion that the universe will not provide the energy to maintain. You must provide the energy yourself. But when you're living in harmony with the universe, the universe may provides the energy to stay in harmony with the universe, right? So think of it as dancing. When we're dancing in step with a partner, the dance seems to dance us. But when we keep on throwing something funky in there, then we actually end up tripping and we have to maintain the energy. So we get out of the spirit of the dance because our ego is, is too um, in need of attention, which produces at tension. <laughs> you, you get into tension. So it's, it's, I, I think uh, one of the most important things we can all do is, is really just get clear about what our dream is and say, what does it take for me to live that dream? You want to have a beautiful house? You want to have a beautiful family? You want to make a good living? You want to enjoy your sport or your hobby? Guess what? That requires earth, topsoil, water, air, food. It requires space. It requires time in your life. It requires relationships. And if we don't realize that every living creature in nature is supporting our dream and take care of them, then we undermine our dream, meaning the dream is built upon a foundation. All of our dreams are built on a foundation. And this whole pandemic is a chance to wake up and say, wait a minute, here we are worried about a tiny little virus that's being blown out of proportion. But all the while, we've got Donald Trump shutting the EPA down, opening up national reserves that have been protected for hundreds of years so people couldn't destroy them to turn into fracking and drilling areas. Um, he's 
letting corporations do all sorts of things that are damaging to the environment. We've got 5G systems that are heavily documented to be very dangerous. So what's happening is we are actually being distracted by this made-up illusion and this made-up threat, not paying attention to the fact that what gives us the ability to play the game of any illusion or any dream is being damaged and destroyed, which leads to much bigger problems than a viral infection because we're being disrespectful to that which supports life, which is the planet. And so isn't it amazing that to get yourself healthy and to do the I effectively so you can be infective in the we and to have the physical, emotional, and mental vitality and stability to grow spiritually, you must come into harmony with the planet. You must eat real food. You must drink quality water. You must breathe good air and breathe it effectively. You must move your body. You must get enough rest. You must get clear on what is happy making to you and commit time to doing it each day or you undermine your own dream. Well said. And if you get 8 billion people doing that together, this is what you get. (laughs) Yeah, so I choose to think that I think it's a great opportunity. I think the the connectivity or the the broad-based awareness of one singular illusion is perhaps the greatest opportunity that mankind has experienced on this planet. You mean the 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 um, because everybody's involved in this illusion? Everybody's involved. Yeah, there's a unified version of the illusion, and that in itself is a sense of common ground. We have a global IMAX now. Beautiful. And so one time I remember listening to an audio recording of Yogananda saying that he went to the picture show and he was very involved in the movie. And he felt the sadness and the drama when the hero was threatened And then the hero died and he was sad and crying. And then he realized it's all shadows and light. Let me turn backwards to the booth. Pay attention to the beam. For the beam has all the answers and the beam is within you. Yeah. Yeah. We're all beaming ourselves into this from that place of total freedom. Yeah. So I don't know what the truth is. I don't have license to the truth. But what I do have license over is my pursuit of it. And I've learned that the practice of the pursuit of truth does not come externalized. It is within and carving out the time for the things that we outlined that that first part of the day. I don't know if you got family and kids, whatever it happens to be, get up earlier. Go to bed early. Do whatever it takes to carve out, even if it starts at only five minutes or 10 minutes. Build the habit. The habit's the most critical. Build that habit. Let go of one other thing. Build another good habit. Let go of another thing. Build up the the next habit. We're both advocates of progressive resistance training. We, we, We built a career... Out of making things difficult. Yes. <laughs> as, sure as difficult as possible in as many unique ways as possible. Yes. Because what instantly happens is the body reacts, responds yeah. 
and meets each challenge. So the challenge that we're facing of humanity is the exact pathway. The obstacle is the pathway. The resistance is the opportunity. And it's for us to seize this moment, to take up this conversation and to take up this energy, this charge, this opportunity and say, you know what? The world has changed everything that I thought was of value. And instead of fighting that, embrace it. Take it on. I don't have to go to my job. I don't need to be struggling in that business anymore. You know, the things that I thought were important, I didn't need that car. I didn't need this house and let go. And all of a sudden you have this free space and then you contemplate and you can say, I'm off my mission. This is what I really want to do. And guess what? You've got the perfect license to do so under these circumstances. You can let go of the politicization. You can let go of the, the scientific pontification. You can let go of the distractions for your mission. You can let go the relationships with that which isn't giving you pleasure that isn't connecting you and making you more feel connected to the people around you, let go of the television, let go of the cigarettes and embrace that which is whole, that which is good, that which is love, that which is joyful, that what is energizing. And suddenly you'll recognize one day you're sitting quietly in the sunshine and the world will light up. Yeah, it will. It does. And it will talk to you. It does, you know, and and uh y- you know, through the whole pandemic, the paradox is the world was lighting up for me because the odd issue for both of us is as everybody was getting sicker and more scared, our businesses were doing better and better. Why? Because we sell real solutions to health challenges. Mhm. So, you know, as I'm watching people run out of money and lose jobs, I'm making the most money I've ever made in my life and, and, and going, wow, I am uh, being rewarded for not buying into an illusion and investing my life in creating solutions for people. And so though I have tremendous empathy for all the people caught in this and, 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 and for everything that it represents, because there's a lot of pain involved and sadness and scary stuff, I practice every day using that as a reminder of what I choose not to participate in, not to add energy into, so that I can continue to be a resource for other people. Um, you know, two people, if you're, if you're mountaineering guide, has never gone higher up the mountain than halfway. The minute you cross that point, you're both potentially lost together and you shouldn't be paying for it. So my job as a therapist and a coach and an educator is to make sure that I am disciplined enough in climbing the mountain to wholeness and happiness and truth and good and beauty as I can be so that I can be an authentic leader to those who I have more life experience and wisdom than so that I can share it with them. And as you know, the more we do that for ourselves, the more attuned we get to those that are wiser than us in the areas that we need help because we learn that we can't really rely on our ego to make judgments as to whether we know enough or not. Um, The ego always thinks it knows as much as, as it wants to believe it does, but 
when we really start creating things that are meaningful, like a business like yours or a business like mine or a family, then we come to the realization that if we don't reach outside of ourselves toward wisdom, then we're our blind spots are going to catch up to us and it's going to affect our relationships and our productivity and our sense of stability. So I think that, um, you know, times like this are really great times to say who in the world has something that I need. You know, if you really want to learn to be a great surfer, study Laird Hamilton. If you want to be a great martial artist, study the great martial artists. If you want to learn to play your guitar, well, study the great guitar players. But hanging around with people that are whining and complaining and bitching because they don't have an expensive enough guitar isn't making music. So I think that one of the gifts is it's not hard to find the beacons of light because they're the people saying things about COVID in a positive light and saying, look, this is what we can do. This is a great opportunity for each other. This is a chance for us to wake up to what we've participated in, whether we realize it or not, and share our voice and be a democracy together, because if we don't act like a democracy, then we deserve a fascist state. We deserve fascist rule because we're not um, we're not standing up to the illusory father figure and saying, "Daddy, I'm an adult. I don't need you to tell me what to stick in my body and uh, what's safe or not safe. I, that's my job." And uh, so, I think there's a lot of opportunities right in front of us for all of us and um i'm grateful that uh, you and i are people that have been fortunate to do enough healing work and growth work to be in a place um to get through a situation like this without um losing our sense of direction composure trust faith and and uh without having our relationships get damaged you know, in fact, this whole thing's enhanced my relationships with people. I would say the same, and uh, it's not like it didn't have adversary. I mean, we both moved. We yeah. both we both went through transitions, oh, and we had yes. to roll with it. And there was a lot of interesting things that happened as well. And it was like okay. And when you let go what you thought you needed, and all of a sudden, a, a new level of uh, of abundance and value and and divinity pours through and what you end up feeling is a sense of gratitude infinite gratitude as you experience the grace and i think for all the listeners if it's i would encourage them to stop listening and start practicing listen only enough that inspires you to your next practice it only takes one technique to to really make big strides toward enlightenment reading 50 books and and you know, sounding cool in a coffee shop ain't going to get you there. You know that's why intellect. Uh, Jung says intellectualism is a common cover-up for fear of direct experience. We have a culture full of idealists who, and I don't mean idealist, I mean idea people who think just because you read the book, you're an expert at it, or you watched the show, you're already an expert at it. But the reality of it is, is you know, you can use any one of the techniques we've talked about, or any number of other techniques. But until you actually use that with enough regularity and frequency to find out what its potentials are and what its, what its zones of application are, you don't need another technique. You just need to use that one, right? And almost all spiritual teachings begins with paying attention to your breath. 
Pay attention to what happens to you when you slow your breathing down. Pay attention to what happens when you speed it up. Pay attention to what happens when you're breathing when you're afraid. Pay attention to what happens when you're breathing when you're about to lift something heavy. Pay attention to what happens to your breathing when you're throwing something. Pay attention to what happens to your breathing when someone's touching your genitals. And pay attention when they're doing it right versus doing it wrong. And pay attention to what happens to your breathing when someone says beautiful things to you and when people say things that are painful to you. And what you realize is that if you change your breathing so that it creates an energy inside of you that stabilizes you in any one of those situations, you will now have used your mind to witness a biological process that has the most influence over your physiology of all processes. And you will learn that you have the power of change with no additional tools needed. And from that simple place, you can say, well, if I can do that with my breath, what would happen if I learned to use my mind effectively? <laughs> That's a nice jump up in, in power. And it become, and so it is. Yeah. Hey, what a great conversation. Um, thank you for coming out and visiting me, buddy. You know, I love coming out here and I can't mm. believe it's been almost a year since the last time I was out, of course, at the Heaven House. But somehow you've managed to create the rainbow house, which yeah. is just even more extraordinary than that. Like, you know, I, I guess there was seventh heaven I heard of. Well, yeah. well I, maybe this is one of them. <laughs> it must be, you know. It's gotta be. It's it an extraordinary place. And thank you for having me. It's a, it's a pleasure and an honor and uh, to, to, to sit with you and, and share these thoughts and ideas surrounded here in this incredible library. And I'm so grateful and appreciative of your kindness your generosity and your wisdom yeah you too i always love being with you man it's like uh you know it's it's beautiful to be able to spend time with someone who who genuinely understands life and has love in them and has met the trials to be a, a seasoned warrior and can see silliness when it's silliness and see love when it's love and uh, share a good bag of smoke and say aho great spirit and so it is aho thank you and one thing I learned about being at the rainbow, you still have to fix fences. You still have to weed. <laughs> no matter how beautiful your rainbow looks, there's still you still got to participate in keeping it beautiful. So, uh, you know, the great news is, is I get lots of exercise going around, you know, watering and cultivating and digging and fixing fences and building things. So it's, uh, it's really cool. But uh, can't wait to have you back. Thanks so much. Love you guys. Thanks for joining us today. Hope you enjoyed me and Wade hanging out together. Thank you very much for any of the purchases you make with our sponsors. Every time you purchase something, the sponsors support me in keeping the podcast running and having the support I need to take the time to do the research, find the guests, guest scheduling, and all the, the many things involved, pay the podcast team. So you're really helping me help you. And I really appreciate that. And if you love the podcast, share it so that we can grow it together and uh, do our best to help everybody else have a chance to get some love, wisdom, and support and expand their knowledge base so they can all make choices that create more freedom for them. So see you next time. Thank you for listening to Living 4D with Paul Check and today's guest, Wade Lightheart. Connect with Wade and Bioptimizers through their Facebook page at Bioptimizers 
and Wade is offering Paul's listeners 10% discount on Magnesium Breakthrough, a full-spectrum magnesium supplement that complements your healthy lifestyle. Go to bioptimizers.com forward slash living 4D and use the code Paul10. That's bioptimizers.com forward slash living, the number four, the letter D, and the promo code is Paul10. Follow Paul on Instagram and Twitter at Living4D Podcast or on his YouTube podcast channel, youtube.com forward slash Living4D with Paul Check. You can watch more on Paul's blog at paulchecksblog.com and the Czech Institute's new media site, chakiva.com. Thank you.